The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have my boy in the place to be, J.O., as we're going to chop it up here over the classics. want to give a shout out to all the fans out there for continuing to push the numbers up. Continue to spread the word out there, guys. Remember, you can check us out at vaultclassicpod.com on the website. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you go. Check out the shows. Leave us a review. You can leave a voice note of the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner. Just push that button. You can leave us a voice note. Show us some love. Also, you can go there as well to find our private Facebook community, The Vault Podcast Record Club. You can also find our Buy Me a Coffee where you can support the show monetarily, give a small donation to make sure we keep things running. And of course, our podcast GPS course, which is there. We're going to have a very exciting announcement for that podcast GPS course coming up. So make sure y'all are staying tuned on that, as well as with Ivy Creative, who produces The Vault. Got some things coming up for that one as well. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today, Jay, we're going to go back to 30 years ago. We're doing the years of 92, 97 and 02 here on The Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. So we're going to go back 30 years ago and go back to April 7th, 1992 and the debut studio album of none other than Daz Effects, Dead Serious, released on... East West Records, that's a throwback record label name right, right. there, <laughs> on East West Records. Recorded between February 91 and January of 92 at Firehouse Studios, famously, and North Shore Soundworks on Long Island with a runtime of 38 minutes and 43 seconds. The executive producers on this EPMD, of course, you know EPMD, members of the hit squad who found Daz Effects and got them a record deal. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The producers on here with most of the beats, Solid Scheme, the production duo of Chris Charity and Derek Lynch, they were both friends of Scoot, one of the members of Daz Effects, Dex as well, the other producer on this, as well as Daz Effects producing their biggest hit from this album, which we'll talk about as well as we cover the songs on this. They Won Effects, the first single from Dead Serious, released March 5th, 1992. Mike Checker released July 16th, 1992. And Straight Out of the Sewer released in November 19th, 1992. So Dead Serious, Jay, a little bit of background for those who are not familiar how Daz Effects came about being. Now, the two members of Daz Effects are Dre and Scoop. Scoop grew up in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Dre actually was born in Jamaica, came to the U.S. as a child, and then grew up in Union City and then Teaneck, New Jersey. They both rapped during their high school years, and then they met each other at none other than Virginia State University in uh, the late 80s. They met freshman year on a road trip. 
through another mutual friend. They became a duo and started rapping together. They won a campus talent show. Then they started performing around the area in that Richmond area, not too far from where Virginia State University is located. So they entered a show in Richmond at a place called Club Tropicana. A couple of the judges there were none other than Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith. And they performed their song, which would be a song on this album called Clap Your Hands. And they were very impressed by them. Eric and Parrish were. And they were going to be the winner because they had scored the most points from all the judges Parrish went up to the host and basically told them to announce another group as the winner. Now, the grand prize for this contest, Jay, was $100. And, you know, shoot, back in 92, $100 is, $100 could get you some things back in 92. You know what I'm saying? A little ways, a little ways. <laughs> I mean, shoot, that's a, that's a more than a few tanks of gas back then and probably Facts. definitely some a good amount of bag of weed if that's what you partook in, you know what I mean? So, and some other things. So the Good old days. Yeah. So after the contest, Paris goes up to drain Scoob and tells them like, yo, what do y'all want? Y'all want a record deal or $100? Meet me in the back of the club in five minutes. So they meet them in the back with Eric Sermon and they play them Clap Your Hands and they were impressed by it so much they told them, yo, if y'all can record nine more songs like that, we can get you a record deal. So they met up, stayed in touch with them while they were there in their junior year in college and they finished out the school year, got the demo over to EPMD and got them their record deal when they started recording Dead Serious. So, that's how this whole thing pretty much worked out. And that's how Daz Effects came to being. Daz, of course, being the acronym for Dre and Scoob and Effects, meaning that they always wanted to constantly have their producers add reverb to their vocals when they were in the studio. <laughs> At first, they said they made it sad effects for Scoob and Dre, but they said that didn't make sense. So they decided to change it to Dre and Scoob because it sounded much better as Daz Effects than sad effects. I agree 100%. Here we are, Jado, Dead Serious, and this was their debut album. Something that, you know, for those of us back then that remember hearing Dodd's Effects for the first time, it, it was definitely unique, without a shadow of a doubt. I know that a lot of things back then in 92, you know, the hip-hop was starting to change a little bit. The images are starting to change, what the songs were being talked about. The songs become a lot more explicit. Things were becoming a lot more grimy. I'll definitely start off with us to get our first reflections and thoughts on Dead Serious. First thoughts and reflections. So I'll start with you, Jay. Give us your first thoughts about Daz Effects and particularly about Dead Serious, what you remember listening to it this past week and your reflections from back then when you first got into them. Okay, yeah. So back then, um, you know, like you were saying, like the landscape of things was kind of changing. Granted, I think around this time, the West Coast was kind of like, was developing a stronghold as far as in the hip-hop game, but like the East Coast was still coming through with acts, notably Daz Effects. Mm-hmm. I think like the first joint I heard probably like everybody else was like the joint they want effects, you know, that was on the radio, the radio version, not the one that was on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I'm saying just the way they were like speaking, like, you know, with the whole language you call Iggity. I'm pretty sure you Iggity remember that. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. So, like, that's their trademark. I'm their trademark, man. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like back then, cause like I was, like, my mother got a joint for me for my birthday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh man. Or maybe just before my birthday. And like I mean, it, and that was one of the things didn't have a parental advisory stick on. I don't know if you remember right. that, but it didn't. It didn't. So, yeah, yeah, like so. And and matter of fact, I think like a lot of the, the profanity was like edited out. Yeah, I only think they released like an unedited version. Yeah, yeah. So I'm up there listening to the joint. Like joint comes in hard, like microphone checker, and then like I was just. I mean, not saying not to say I was on some oddball type stuff, but like a lot of people was like wasn't really rocking them because like they don't even use real words. It could be yeah, bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Right, so, I mean, we weren't calling people haters back then. I'm like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, tough. It was like that type of stuff. So, like, yeah. Matter of fact, I remember like 
it's about to spill over to 93, like, you know what I'm saying, sixth grade, Amadon Elementary, like, you know what I'm saying, we were going on those, like, class trips and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, King's Dominion was a spot back then. Oh, yeah. So, like, whole time, like, riding down that joint, coming back up, I'm up there blasting Dodge's affection on my walk, man, like, yeah. just mm-hmm. just in a vibe, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um. So, fast forward now, I mean, yeah, the production, I mean, it sounds a bit dated, like, it did its thing for that time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just like start going back to my like 11 year old self, just like head nodding, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? More having a more uh, appreciation for it now, like with the production. And yeah. of course, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? That trademark was like the whole Iggy like, language and everything like that. But I mean, I realized it worked It worked for them for that time, is how I looked at it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You know, some joints might have sound cool back then, but sound corny now. I mean, I still rock with it now. I mean, yeah. I guess like yeah. <laughs> that sentimental attachment is keeping it me does. there. But even, even there, like, you know what I'm saying? I still like. It still sounds dope to me, but yeah. that's just me. So Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's, um, it's funny because we were talking about this before we came on recording. They were a part of the Big Daddy Kane KRS-One versus that they had at the Garden. Or was it Barclays? I think it was Barclays. So they were there and they came out and did a song. They did, you know, they won effects. And, mm-hmm. you know, they told people back then to keep watching out for them and everything. That kind of like brought everybody, brought them back sort of into the consciousness because, right. you know, right. in the early to mid 90s, they were sort of around and they, because, you know, that's really when the majority of their music came out was in the True. mid mid 90s. 90s in the early to mid 90s but i think for the most part other than an occasional old school mix i think people sort of forgot a little bit about dos effects especially those who weren't around at that time you know yeah. you would you not, don't really necessarily think about them but you know unmistakable definitely the singles were what jump out to you to me back then like i remember the radio versions and that's we'll talk about that as we get into the albums the radio versions of those singles man are really what caught me because those radio f- singles banged i mean the album versions are bad but the right. radio singles for they want effects and for microphone checker definitely oh hit a whole lot harder like Microf- especially man. yeah yeah microphone check that joint still yeah, hits still hits exactly so the thing that i what, what was unique about them is that whole iggity language which they call sewage language you know it gave them a selling proposition because they were different also it seemed like with them they kind of took themselves seriously but not too seriously but the image they also portrayed yeah. sort of let you know that they were like some grimy, straight from the sewer, like that. those images in the videos that you saw with they want effects and microphone checker, you know, with the pitchforks and, uh, you know, the oil drum fires and, you know, them being down in the sewer, the water sort of dripping down and made it feel like, I mean, I know they weren't like the first grimy, grimy rappers out there, but they were the first ones, like I would say visually, you could see something like that in a video where it seemed like, damn, this shit is cool as fuck. Like who would have thought? Like shooting a video that seems right. like in a sewer environment would be cool when it probably stinks like shit down there. But who cares? <laughs> right. Because, you know, it sort of fit the same sort of message you were getting from the music. And you're right. The cur- cursing they had in this joint, it was like edited out. Like you normally used to getting that when you get CDs from Walmart. You know, when you would get to see this from Walmart, you would get all the edited language. There was no parental advisory sticker on this. So this was something while it was dope and it was head nod and everything else. It wasn't something that was necessarily overly profane, though. They did have their moments and some of it. This CD is not even 40 minutes. Like this album is not even 40 minutes long. It's a very quick listen. And now listening to it. I do have to say that now, like listening to that style and, you know, the whole sewage language, diggity this and biggity that and everything like that you hear. I noticed that a lot of people picked up on that shit from them afterwards. Hmm. You know what I mean? They really were innovators in that type of style. As a matter of fact, they were a guest on uh, Ice Cube's hit. 
on check yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, and like even time. you yeah, can tell yeah. you better check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. I mean, so so they were they were they, they were on the remix. So it's like you know they definitely had their influence on some people. And by the time they came out with their second album and also the third album by Hold It Down in '95 you could see that they were moving away from that style because so many people bit it. I mean, you could see that like a lot of, there were a lot of groups, man, Lords from the underground, Fushnickens, Chris Cross, and so many other rap acts that were sort of pick up on that and periodically use it after a while. It was like, eh, this shit is getting played because everybody's starting to bite our own style. So they were definitely innovators in that respect. So definitely got to give them props for that. Yeah, he, just what, me, he just made me think about the whole, like, straight from the sewer joint. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think I might, I might have said this joint, like, during the verses. For one, for one, like, you know what I'm saying, surprised me to see them come out. Yeah. And I was like, I think I put it on Facebook. Man, wait, am I back in 1992? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and my, and my was like, yeah, you are, and it feels great. I'm like, yeah, it exactly. It but does. Like, yeah. and, the thing, and then, like, the thing, I mean, they look grimy as hell back then, but now, like, I mean, time i mean still yeah. been kind to him but like they weren't as menacing looking back then like yeah uh-huh. i told somebody like man back then you couldn't tell me the scoops like the 1990s poster child for like the east coast stick up kid yeah exactly and right then, and then my man was then my man said back but wait but not drazy i'm like mm-hmm. nah drazy like he just like he just pop out five people trying to get you to hide the gun yeah, from him exactly type shit. Like, right <laughs> <laughs> hey that is a perfect description though that is a perfect <laughs> description yeah man I like, mean, you just, like you just heard five shots go off like you say drazy mm-hmm. come around the, hey what's up kid like Yo. check this out like man hold Yo. this i'm like nah fuck that nah dog mm-hmm. i'm good <laughs> nah man i'm about to head home man <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he got to go run to the top of the somebody apartment building to stick that joint down the uh, down the chimney vent. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Gosh, that was a. You talk about a different time though, and it's like, you know, it's funny. Like those style of videos. As we got into '93 and '94, and especially in the '95, we started seeing that element of the videos to be a lot darker. You know what I'm saying? Where it was okay to be outside. Like, yo, I think a lot about those videos for mob deep shook ones and survival of the fittest it's like you i think a lot back to that imagery and start seeing a lot of those things beginning of what you saw in dives effects those two videos for microphone checker and for they want effects highlights and lowlights so highlights and lowlights jay just give us a few of what highlights you have and any lowlights if you have them um i mean of course like you know what i'm saying the singles like mike mike checker and um they want effects I think like two drinks like people really kind of like overlook for me is East Coast and if only yeah and clap your hands like those mm-hmm. like because again it just takes back to that 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 Kings of Man trip man like mm-hmm. you know what I'm I was just like nodding my head hard as hell like the, you know what I'm saying especially where the production was and how they came in on, on those bars yeah low lights not so much low lights in the way of songs I just kind of wish like the radio version of Mike Check would have been on the album. Yeah. The one that was on there was good, but like that, mm-hmm. again, that second one, that shit just, it just like slaps, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. Same thing with, for them, they want effects. Like, yeah. I wish that version, maybe they would have had like those strings releases, like a remix during like on the last, mm-hmm. on the last change, you know, maybe like last two tracks or something like that. But like, oh yeah. Other than that, I mean, but I can't say anything in the way of low lights as far as like, you know, a song I really wasn't rocking with. Yeah. True. So, uh, well, my highlights, I mean, to me, obviously, like you said, Mike Checker and they want effects. Like you said, that that remix version of Mike Checker is just today. Slaps. I played that, I think, yesterday in the car, and I had my volume at full blast. And I was like, yo, this song is from 1992, but this shit still goes like shit. God damn. If you got a banging system, dude, yes. my God. Like, yeah. <sighs> and the same thing for they want effects, the radio version of what they want effects, man, that beat. It's like, yeah, like, dog, this is what the hell brought me into them even back then. But for the album tracks, I mean... To me, another underrated track on here, Brooklyn and T-Neck, 
Obviously, okay. speaking about their origins, you know, Brooklyn and Teaneck for Dre and Scoob. Uh, East Coast, I got to get geared to you there on East Coast. And if only, um, the last track to me is really, really strong, though. I think you're going to talk about Straight Out of the Sewer. Like, that's oh, a yeah. perfect way to sort of close that album out. And leading pretty much what the next album would be. That next album being titled Straight Up Suicide. That beat is hard, as hard as hell. If you're going to close out an album, especially a 10-track album, I mean, you want to make sure you close it out strong. I do like Just Some Men as well with that sample from Slick Rick, you know, and, and having that yeah. to be able to be on the hooks. The hooks here, the way the production is done, you didn't really have a whole lot of hooks where they were singing or rapping the hooks. I mean, mostly what you had majority were vocal samples, which I thought was a staple of the time as well. True. If I do have any low lights on here, though, Jay... I do think possibly maybe Lucy's and Dum Dums. I mean, Lucy's mm-hmm. in particular, because I didn't realize that they were talking about they were going through a bout of diarrhea on this song until I was reading about <laughs> it. And I was just like, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> so that's what the fuck these dudes were talking about on this joint. Like, damn. Like, so it's sort of like they're, I guess, a stab of them trying to do a concept song. And it's like, all right, well, it's, I mean, shoot, we know we've had people talking about them being on toilets, taking shits and everything, but diarrhea is not a pleasant subject to rap about. I mean, anything on the toilet is not pleasant to rap about. Nobody wants to hear that. But the Dum Dums, it had some potential, but I kind of felt like, you know, it was just, I felt like they could have done more with it, with that track. But overall, though, um, the production, as you stated a little bit earlier, yeah, it does sound a little bit dated for the time it fit. I do have to give props to solid scheme for doing the thing on here especially because you have a group with eric sermon and parish smith and them not actually doing the production and them getting the okay to be able to do that as long as eric and parish were overseeing everything the beats yeah i mean they sound a little bit dated but i think they were good for the time and they fit exactly what dre and scoop needed you didn't need to give them production that was way too flossy like it couldn't be too shiny the production had to be the equal amount of thump and grind and so it fit them perfectly in that respect but overall i would say man very solid job production wise and the fact that dos effects produced that single for they want effects is off the hook because that's their biggest hit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that was a top 100 hit in the billboard 100 and it was number one on the rap charts as well as microphone checker was number one on the rap charts Overall, I would say, man, just those two lowlights, if anything. I mean, I think that they could have done a better job with Dum Dums, Lucy's. Again, subject matter uh, aside, I thought they could have done a better job with that one as well. Notable quotables. All right, Jay. So now we're going to get to notable quotables. Do you have one here that you want to reference uh, from Dead Serious? Yeah, I got one like on, on um, if only. I mean, and forgive me, like my yeah. iggity is not fresh. So. Um. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's cool. We forgive you in advance. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just like the flow of it. Um, on verse two, he was like, "Shibbity bop, shibbity boo, check the way I dropped the scoop. I'm nigga knock a fronts out daily true. I friggity fry the funks why, why they call me crazy drazy. I give you the gas more props than that kid named Beetle Bailey. The boogity boogity Brooklyn boy, he's cool like Rizzy Ruin. I swiggity swing more shit than Tarzan be doing. Like, yeah, yeah. Just that, just that flow of it. That I mean, flow, just like yeah. Take, yeah, it takes me back. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest one I got from, like, you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. if only, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, my notable quotable actually comes from verse three from Brooklyn to Teaneck, and I love the Chubb Rock sample by that and the hook anyway, so I think that was great. But, 
you know, verse three with, you know, you had both Scoob and Dre on here and Scoob goes first, Dre goes second. Scoob's like, well, I'll be damned. Higgity here, right? Yeah, I'm check the slang hops. I biggity bump chicks with them chicks from here to Bangkok. Your bedrock. I piggity pass the blunt, Sonny, and let me piggity pucker up and grab my nuts like Bal Bundy. I glass them. I grit some. I shiggity shoots my jism. I get it got some more loot than your tooth got the wisdom. Believe that. I'm a crooked cracking slows like I'm rowdy. I biggity bang boots and hang loose like Jim Gorowski. I miggity make some rock like Miss Glepsy makes them dizzy. I piggity pass the mic. Now you're crazy, get busy. Shit's thick. I'm quick to stick a chick with my dick like a sniper. Typo, fella that's hyper. Active, captive, plus I'm attractive. Horse for the course, suck my drawers, then I'm back, kid. Styly, rowdy, then yo, I'm outie. Fire with my loop, got my troops, then in Saudi. Arabia, maybe I marry me your actress. Finder, phoner, boner on the mattress. Task it, tisk it, poly want a biscuit. Figgity fuck the cracker, cause I'm rapper, then I rip it. Like, okay. <laughs> Still like holds, hey still holds up yeah still holds up definitely man definitely so that's the thing it's like the thing that i like that people were sort of explain their style sort of being stream of consciousness because you know they had lots of pop culture references in their in their songs you know they talked about looney tunes and you know the hokey pokey and bingo and park sausages and all types of shit in these ones kareem abdul jabbar like they talked to like be talking about things about you know clever ways to say things instead of saying that they got big balls they said that they got more nuts than baby roof like you know like it's <laughs> so they were clever in a lot of their language and that's really what i think i give them credit for more than anything else that iggy style is not easy to do but it caught on because people started biting that style from them though for real and people borrowed it from it a lot so and and i i did read something on twitter during the verses where somebody said yo people talk about mumble rap but they act like we didn't have Dawes effects back in the day. And I was just like, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair affair. I, 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 I disagree <laughs> you know? with that one. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, you can't, you cannot compare the mumble rap of today to Dawes effects back then. Because they, was, they he, had skills. Them, yeah. And even with them biting, like, other people, like, taking a style, man, it just it, it didn't sound so cookie cutter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. Like, where, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't tell these new dudes apart nowadays as far as, like, all that mumble rap and trappity trap. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. to sound like an old head, but. Even then, honestly, I mean, this could be a separate separate topic. But like, even then, I don't really think they stand out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Apart from like the ones that are more notable now, like a J. Cole, Kendrick, even like a Young Dolph or somebody like that. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They just everybody just sounds like run of the mill, in my opinion. Yeah, you're on the right. And and so even back then, like I think I remember listening to this episode, uh, this uh, podcast that Snoop was on. And Snoop was saying, you know, back then you had to be original. He said if you took something else that somebody else was doing and you sounded just like them, like that was biting. And like, if you was biting. That wasn't cool back then. Like, biting was not encouraged. As a matter of fact, if you was a biter, wasn't nobody fucking with you. You know what I'm saying? He said, you could sound similar, but not be the same. He was like, Slick Rick, Dana Dane, they were similar, but they were not the same. He's like, that's the problem is you got too many people out here that are pretty much the exact same thing. Like you said, Jay, cookie cutter. The one thing you could say about Dazz Effects is they were not cookie cutter at all. They had their not own unique selling yeah. proposition. So that's the thing that people loved about them, that unique selling proposition. You know, you definitely got to give them props for that. And, you know, they helped to also pioneer a style. Like I said, visually, the visuals that you saw from those videos, like you people stuck that and ran with it because we people responded well to that. And I don't think that uh, folks would have understood that we responded well to that grimy setting of a video. But that grimy setting of a video became a sta staple once we got to the mid-90s, Jay, as you know full and well. Watching on the box and watching on Rap City, we saw a whole lot of that stuff being copied into the mid-90s, especially like that era from 94 to 96. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. Final verdict. 
So, Jay, what say you about Dead Serious? We go ahead and see if it stands up to the test of time. Do you say it's a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in its time, or not a classic at all? For this one, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to say borderline. Borderline classic. I'm going to go ahead and say borderline classic as well. Um, I do think that for me, the two lowlights and sort of like, you know, those Lucy's and Dum Dums, I think of that would have been something different. Had a chance to possibly be in that certified classic range. I do also as well dock it a few points because the radio versions of the singles were better than what they had on the albums. Now, had Absolutely. those been on there and had Lucy's and Dum Dums been maybe something a little bit different, this is a certified classic without no without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, to Absolutely. me, that's probably this was probably one of the best five rap albums of 1992, if that's the case. But um, borderline classic, though, I still think it's a dope album. They definitely were groundbreaking in certain respects with their style because, you know, they have to be because nobody bites your style if it isn't groundbreaking. For those of y'all that were actually listening, man, make sure that y'all checking out as of the time of this recording, which if you're listening now, it would be Monday and uh, it would have been last night. But at the time of this recording tonight will be the airing of their unsung on TV one, which is well overdue. Um, I think this is lining up with the 30th anniversary of this album. It's perfect that they're actually going to have this unsung. I definitely want to see more of their story, especially what happened later on in their careers when they sort of disappeared from the public consciousness, which I love what unsung does with these acts all the time. So make sure y'all are checking that out. It's Dive Effects, Dead Serious, 30 years ago this week. Definitely make sure y'all go check that out. Make sure you go listen to it, pull it up, man. Um, and also make sure you're pulling up the remixes as well. And uh, for those of us who were around listening to the radio at that time, you'll remember how hard those songs went. You'll remember if you were a fan of Dive Effects, why you paid attention to them just in the first place. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us on vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, check out our episodes, leave a review, leave us a voice note. Go there to get to the links of our private Facebook community, The Vault Podcast Record Club. You can also get to our Buy Me A Coffee to support us monetarily. And as well, make sure you are checking out for all the new updates for episodes we have coming up on vaultclassicpod.com. You can also get us on social media at vaultclassicpod on Instagram, on Twitter, at vaultclassic, and on Facebook and YouTube, The Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. You can like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.